Hey, welcome to Radio, the podcast by entrepreneurs, for entrepreneurs, powered by the Entrepreneurs Organization. My name is Richard Mulholland, and with me today is the actual host of the show, <laughs> Ross Drakes. <laughs> you know, I want to pretend that I co-host the show with you, Ross. But, um, you know, you've just, I feel out the loop. I feel like you've cut me out. You're edging me away. I'm now just a joke in the in the beginning footnote of the of the show. And in fact, the, the only, the, my only uh, job in the show is what's happening you after I've listened to them saying you're doing a great job. <laughs> um, but, you know, I do put a lot of effort into trying to get you onto the show. So, so at least there's that. Thanks, man. Thanks. I appreciate that. Thank you. <laughs> It's bizarre though that we, I guess, the, the one of the biggest limitations, we live in different cities and, you know, we both travel. And um, it's amazing to me that we're still caught in this legacy thinking of that we have to be in the same room to record a podcast. When, you know, 90% of the podcasts I listen to is a dude in one city talking to a dude in another city. It's, isn't it funny that, like, I guess because we know each other in a face-to-face way that we, we, we feel like we almost have to be face-to-face to do it. But I think it's also, I suppose, in my world, there's so much opportunity to do stuff digitally and this fewer and fewer opportunities to have real conversations with people for sure um, and maybe this is a good a good thing to start so we, we were looking moving a, a dude to to do some work in bristol and uh he was like wanted to wait till he got there to build up the conversation but when he got there he realized his clients were in london and ended up having the conversation via zoom calls anyway <laughs> like there's we live in a world like i must say that you know 50 to 60% of my meetings are on Zoom nowadays, and there is not a loss. There is an absolute net gain. Uh, the net gain is the, I reckon there's an efficiency, right? So if, if you, for me, let's say from a public speaking point of view, and I, but I think this is true to all entrepreneurs and everything. Uh, I often think like if I say to you, I want to meet you for a meeting uh, tomorrow at midday, uh, how long do you make the meeting? Well, I say tomorrow at 10. What time does the meeting end? 10.30. Fuck you. <laughs> 11. <laughs> okay, thanks. Usually speaking, if somebody puts up a meeting and say 11, and I've always said like, and I've got this this thing where um, Taryn will mail people and say, if they ask for a meeting, she'll say, uh, cool, Richard can meet you for like 15 minutes this week, half an hour next week or an hour in two weeks time. Which one do you want? And they'll invariably usually say like maybe half an hour next week or even 15 minutes um, this week we can do a call. And for example, with a speaking brief, I used to go and drive through to their office and I'd always wait and drive through and meet. And of course, the brief becomes a big long chat. And sure, there's some rapport building in it and it's nice, but it would take me like 45 minutes of driving each way in an hour long meeting. Whereas now what happens is I realized a meeting could take basically two hours of your time if done in person. You would think it would take an hour of your time, but actually, even in a Zoom call, you don't hang around and chat in the same form. You kind of get, there's a little bit of, hey, how are you doing, blah, 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 chatting and things like this. And I think there's some value in that. And you can get through like maybe, so add on an extra 10, 15 minutes on top of it for that. But in generally speaking, if you schedule an hour for a Zoom meeting, unless it's an EO scheduled call, but for an actual meeting, you probably have 15 minutes of change at the end of the meeting. And then the other thing is if you have a phone call. If I said to you, hey, I want to schedule an hour-long phone call with you for the same purpose as you would have scheduled an hour-long meeting, you'd be like, what are we going to do with an hour-long phone call? So we pick up the phone and then we schedule 15 minutes and get it done in 10. Or maybe we take the full 15, but there's a massive efficiency. Now, these tools are here and acceptable, but we're not using them. I suppose there's also the net gain that you don't have to invest in as many pants. 
and you've got water restrictions in Cape Town. So you can take all your meetings with no pants on, which means you're actually dirtying one less piece of clothing every single day, which makes a net, a net gain. <laughs> For those who can't miss Richard, busy taking his pants off. For us okay. right now. Now we are in a glass meeting room, but you know, <laughs> no, no, I, d- I do feel like, yes. there we go, that's got to be done. You're right. There go. This should be a thing. Okay, so. <sighs> this is a bit too pale, I think, like for, but so now we're having a pants off. You're not going to join me. Sorry? You're not going to join me, pants off podcast. No, I'm, I'm still in the, the physical meeting world. You selling us on, on digital meetings. Yeah, but I feel like you should, this should be a pants off podcast. This, this is, is a, a challenge accepted. Do it. Okay, cool. This is where this has become. <laughs> now the ladies opposite us. Going, what the hell's going on? There we go. There we go. Okay, pants off podcast. Pants off. I'm going to go socks off too. Oh, I kept my nod. It's cold floors. <laughs> but you can't do that. Uh, Thanks. This is nice. I feel like, you know, we don't spend enough time together. Uh, but uh, by the way, now, this wouldn't be nearly as much fun if we weren't in the same room. <laughs> <laughs> this, this is now a reason to be in person. Um, so, Jesus, that derailed quickly. However, there is a legacy thinking around uh, we have to be face-to-face. Do you, do you find the Zoom meetings you have? Like, think of some of the EO relationships we have with people that we've only really had Zoom calls with, barring one or two actual meetings a year. The rest is on Zoom, but I feel really close to those people. Like, I've built very solid relationships. Because of the one or two meetings we have in person, the rest of the meetings can have in Zoom. Yeah. But we also, or whereby or whatever you use, but for some reason we feel like, oh, but our clients want to see us in person but actually you're giving them a gift by saying we're going to have an in-person meeting on this but all content meetings or things like that should happen even if they sit it's not about they're close or far even if they sit far maybe there's a a reason to be having more meetings digitally it's an interesting thought to carry forward and i think it links quite nicely you were telling me just before we hit the record button about a talk that you have been giving quite often especially through through the year chapters around the world um, around being more intentional. Can you talk a little bit more about that? Well, the talk is called Becoming an Intention Seeker. And it basically came that um, I was sick to death of my life being a blur. Like 2019 may have been maybe slightly more profitable, things like this, but it was actually indistinguishable. And I, I feel like I want my years to mean something. Um, last year was my year of health. I lost 20 kilograms. I did things. This year was uh, my year of wealth primarily. It probably has become something different, like a bigger thing that I think this year will be remembered for. But primarily it was a year that I wanted to start taking investments that I made seriously. And I was very, very intentional about if I make a certain amount of money, how do I invest it, learn about investments, read books about investments, and actually focusing on one thing. Whereas I just wanted years to be less of a blur. And I feel like uh, we always talk about in business of having a victory condition. That kind of gives you that intention. Uh, there's a very, very powerful tool for people to have that you are moving somewhere intentionally. Growth, for the sake of growth, doesn't, at least for me, doesn't scratch the itch. We've been, uh, we, you know, in true year style, stole that concept of victory conditions from you and we use them in a lot of the projects that we do. Amazing. We set up at the beginning of the project, you're going like, how would we measure this thing as a success? Whatever, what are, what are we trying to achieve? Because so often, especially in our world, you start the project and three, four, five months later, you finish it. The people inside the project have changed or moved. And sometimes you get to that end goal that you set out to achieve and they feel like something's missing because over time, extra layers of expectations have been met. But in the beginning, you set out, you go, cool, we are going to get five new clients in each billing this much money. That's our victory condition. Yeah. And at the end, you look, you go, how many clients do you have? Oh, we have six clients and they're all billing this much. It's like, so we have 
100% achieved what it is that <laughs> what it is that we need to to achieve and i think it's a very powerful and it's powerful for your people so yeah. i always take it back to board games if if i teach you a board game you know how you're playing the game this comes back to your people and they now understand the behavior is um you know, at the end of this year, the, there are there are 12 rounds of the game. Each round lasts a month. At the end of 12 months of the game, if the, the, we tally up X and whoever has the most of X or if we achieved Y, we have won. Every decision you make now has a, a degree of intention towards it. They have a gravity. So it's not. It's like saying, well, if I behave like this, then this will happen. Uh, so it gives them, it allows your people to be more autonomous. Now, I'm curious because I know that your business has now become more intentional itself. Like, And I love it. I love the fact that you're kind of narrowing down and focusing. Is this part of it? I mean, do you see a future victory condition for yourself? If I said to you, uh, this time five years from now, somebody anywhere in the world mentions something, would, like I want that to be presentation. I want somebody's asking anyone in the world, uh, who is the world's best presentation firm? I want to be that. What's that for you guys? So, so we want NiceWork to be like all about purpose. So, so we've we've been through a long journey. Uh, it's been thirteen years now, and we've discovered what our purpose is, and that's to make people make shit that people care about. And the way we're playing that out is we're helping our clients figure out what their purpose is and how they can use their purpose to actually make a mark in the world. So that's for next year, that's going to be what we're going to spend all of our time and energy on. And I think it's an amazing thing for people to get behind because we've, we've moved out of this world of selling a, a commoditized design resource. And we're now using the tools that we have to achieve something that people are, people feel care about. about. Yeah, they care about it a lot more. And you know, actually buy into it a lot more. I love Howard Mann's take on purpose. And he said, it's very, very different to your vision and your mission and your goals or whatever. He says, your purpose is the thing that exists in the world, whether you are there to fulfill it or not. Right? So it's almost like, I don't want to say the problem because it might not be problem centric, but there is a purpose that exists somewhere um, in order to make this happen. We want to live in Mars or something. That purpose may well exist and you're, you're existing to, to fulfill that. And I love that idea. And I think it ties back to both a victory condition, uh, your business's purpose, your, your long-term victory condition, I guess beyond whereas I see victory condition as maybe a shorter term um, focus on helping us get there. But then there's also on intention, is that you're making businesses intentional. Yes which I think is powerful because we lost that. Missing Link lost that. We, I got lost in the idea of growth and things and excitement and actually boredom. Boredom added complexity to our business. Uh, and I lost sight of what I wanted to be. And pretty soon, in fact, what was amazing is our customers, we started hearing how people described us as a business. We're like, Jesus, praise the Lord. <laughs> that was me being biblical, not blasphemous. Uh, but, um, you know, like, is that what we become? Like, is that... Uh, what were they saying about you guys? Well, like, first of all, people would refer to us as being agencies all the time or creative agencies and things. We always saw ourselves as a presentation consultancy. We didn't see ourselves as a creative agency. We just chose not to dress like consultants. We uh, weren't getting necessarily brought up as, oh, you guys do like team building stuff or you guys do strategy stuff. And we did do those things. But that was actually why we separated 21 Tanks back again as a brand, because we realized we have a, a team building business that does some facilitation work. But that really, really blurs the lines of Missing Link becoming the company it is. Whereas one of our other companies, the sales department, like there's nothing sexy about the name, right? It's not creative, it's not anything. In fact, if you go to the website, the salesdepartment.co or whatever, there's nothing sexy about that either. This is pure, I mean, it's, it's pure functional. It's like we, we help companies sell better, that is it. And that is a business. If you speak to Sean Raymond, who I think you may have chatted to before yeah. or something, I mean, the guy's single-minded. Like, it's like, 
But I think this is coming back to intention. Like if you set your purpose, if you define what that is, if you go, this is what we're going to do, this is why we are here, you can then drive towards that. And I think this is, intention is that drive. So if you set course towards something, you will eventually get there. And it's, it's so powerful to see in forum. When people, when people set a goal, 99% of the time they achieve it. And the 1% of the time when they don't, it's because they realize when they go down that path that they don't actually want that goal anymore. Right. But I've never seen anyone in my forum set a goal and then not get there because we're all these like pig-headed human beings who, who once we've decided we're going to do something, we head after it. And, and this is intention. Well, goals, goals are idea traps. Right? Goals are things that sit in your mind. They're like little triggers. They're like little traps you set. So that when a behavior happens, you are like, hey, I've got a trap for this. I should do it. So I was walking. I was in Saudi a few weeks ago, and I was walking uh, past, and I saw this thing, and it's called the GoCube. And the GoCube is amazing. Uh, have you ever, can you solve a Rubik's Cube? I cannot. Okay. So like Rubik's Cubes are actually quite easy to solve. Like I learned it. I can do it. I'm not very good. Like it'll take me a wee while, but I can do it. And I was walking, but I have it on my list, and I always use it in talks. I always say, like, you'll see it. I've got these things like build an exercise business, and I've got a thing that says uh, solve a Rubik's Cube. And what I realized, my, my line I use is that when I get later on in my life, when I'm sitting there at 90 years old, and I look back, I won't look at which conditions. I won't, I'll weight them the same. It's just like I did, because listening to Warren Rustand, for example, that's what he, he talks about the 92 of his list of 100 things he wanted to do that he's done. He doesn't say that, like, uh, the one was to become a, you know, you know, ruler of the head of the United Nations. That's when he failed at, and maybe one of the other ones was to, uh, you know, learn to play golf. But in his mind, well, they're just failed it too. The one is he wanted to visit every country on Earth. Yes, and he can't because keep, keep adding countries. countries. And the other one is to become the president of the United States. Right. So these things aren't going to happen, but there was other ones like work in the White House, play in the NBA, do these kind of things, which he has. And so I, I like the idea that. Um, you become intentional. So what happens about these traps, these intention traps? And I talk about idea traps for like writing talks and books and things, but you have intention traps. So goals are things, but like for yourself, I'm walking along and I was walking to Dubai airport the other day and I saw this thing called the GoCube. And it's actually a really rad Rubik's Cube that links to an app on your phone and teaches you how to solve a Rubik's Cube. And you just turn and it does it and then you can race people around the world and things. So I'm walking and I'm thinking, oh, it feels a bit flippant. And then I thought, well, this is the thing that will help me achieve one of my goals. And it's 1,500 Rand. And it was an absolute no-brainer. So you have this entire electronic store full of stuff. And some things were completely like, oh, that would be nice. And then the one thing was, well, this is something that if you buy this, you can focus on on a plane. You've got a 10-hour uh, day flight on the way home. Now you can achieve a goal. Now, this might sound simple, but we don't have enough of those traps set. Now, we have a lot of those traps set in businesses, but we don't have enough traps set as people. I like the idea that one of my goals was to visit Iceland in summer. And when I was trying to think of a nice surprise for Jazz for her birthday, I was like, well, that's amazing. I, I like the fact that um, I've got a goal. Uh, one of my goals is to watch a band called Crossfaith play in Japan. One of my goals is to snowboard in Japan. And one of my goals is to do a holiday for our whole family. So my son and daughter is going on holiday together. Myself and my wife is going on holiday together. Myself and my son, my wife and my son, my wife and my daughter. Like, And I realized my son loves Japan and Japanese culture. So now I like the idea of this, my week away in Japan, I can go snowboarding with Callum. I can go, we can go see Crossfaith, this band we both love. We can fulfill some of these things and spend a week together. And I can check off three lists. So I have these little intention traps that are catching uh, and are aware and waiting for the right opportunity to pass. And most people haven't set those. And I think that that's what I love about what you're trying to do with your business. 
The one question I want to ask you though is, do you feel that there's some degree of semantic stretch with the word purpose? Like it's become start with why or you know, like a thing like purpose is kind of so broadly used. Yeah, we have a purpose is to be a this. Is it not worth your while creating some degree of nuance and owning a new like victory condition or something? And I don't know, but like, is it not worth your saying, saying, do we need a new word that, that people can reown in their head because they've already instead put so purpose. much baggage instead of purpose, like brand, for example? Very potentially. I mean, I can't say that what we see a lot is that purpose is not something that's defined by the marketing department. Right. And it's not something that's defined by the leadership alone because for me, purpose is why people come to an organization to work, why yeah. clients come back again and again and again, why... Why ah, so their purpose might even be different to yours, but where they align, you win. Yeah, totally. So so uh, you know, I think it's about figuring out what the, the common purpose is between all of these people. And I know there's a lot of work in culture, and I think if you get the purpose right and you include all of the right voices in defining what the purpose of the organization is, it also becomes a very powerful culture tool. I was gonna say, so how closely aligned are purpose and culture? They are, they are a match of each other, and I think that's oh, why wow. people who haven't articulated what their purpose is or, or what the organization's purpose is, it, it still exists, whether you've articulated or not. It's I the same thing that. like a culture. Like no company has no culture. They just haven't yes. defined it's not it and haven't invested in it and they haven't put intention behind it. So the same thing is with purpose. And, and you define your purpose by by all those things, what you say no to, what are the kind of projects you take on, how are you charging for them, how do you staff them, where do you see the value that you create all of these things are reflections of what your purpose as an organization is. And I guess that's why I'm saying is, is there not some value in then, because it means so much more than we currently understand it, is there any value in you as an creating some new vessel that can that can hold that? So when Simon Sinek came in with start with why, for yes. what's your why, what's your thing and stuff like this, a lot of that maybe can speak to purpose. But what's nice is he created new language. Uh, there used to be a book um, years ago in the 1980s called Don't Sweat the Small Stuff. Right? And then two or three years ago, this other guy, Mark Mason, comes out with this book called The Subtle Art of Not Giving a Fuck. And what he did is he created a new set of, you have a finite amount of facts to give, um, to give them these things, right? <laughs> he owned a word. Mark Mason created a new word. It breathed new life into a relatively tired idea. Yeah. Okay? Don't sweat the small stuff was an idea that it existed. The Stoics, you know, thousands of years ago had existed. But every now and then, somebody has got to create a new marker, a new holding, and do that. And maybe I don't want to force the point, but while you want to own the concept of purpose, in order to do that, does it not mean that you have to own the language that we use to define purpose? Is there something to that? I think you've definitely give you, given me something to be intentional about thinking about. <laughs> cool. Um, because I, I suppose where I find this interesting is we come out of the world of brand. Like we've been building brands for the last 13 years. And I think... Purpose needs a rebrand. <laughs> purpose needs a rebrand. But I think the reason people buy into brands and the people reason commit tens of thousands of brands to brands is not because of product. It's not because of thing. It's because they buy into something slightly bigger than the product that you're kind of buying. You bought a Rubik's Cube for 1,500 bucks, um, you know, where you yeah. probably get a Rubik's Cube for 100 grand, but you bought into an idea that was slightly bigger than what you were. Well, I didn't buy a Rubik's Cube. I bought solving a Rubik's Cube, right? <laughs> that, that was ultimately what I bought, is trying to learn how to solve it. But yes, you're right. But even Rubik's Cube is a brand, right? There's even something to that. So, you know, there's, there's you're buying into that. Like people, in fact, I didn't buy a Rubik's Cube, right? I technically bought 
Oh, damn, Daniel. I definitely bought something else, but uh, it's been branded. It's been branded Rubik's cube, and and that's what it becomes. So, and so yes, I mean I think there is a conversation to be had around around that in some way, means or form. Uh, but I'm not sure how it looks, mm. at least for me. But I do think that next year I want to be more intentional again about what we want to become. But is that also not the way? Because you know, every conversation I have with with every entrepreneur, one of the main things that comes up all the time is people. Like, how do you get the right people? How do you motivate them? How do you keep them going? Uh, there are about twenty presentation topics on our forum presentation list about how do you motivate people without you know where money is not the not the main driver. And I think purpose is a super powerful thing. If you're saying you want to be the best presentation company on earth, it gives somebody the opportunity when they think, I want to be great at presentations, where do I go? That is the only destination for me. There isn't another. Our guys are bought into that. Yeah. They like the idea of working for the best presentation company in the world, right? And your clients are going to love the fact, who did we get? We got the best presentation company in the world. They didn't just get a presentation company. Right. We got the best presentation company. And there's work to be done. I'm not saying that we are. Like, that's what I like, right? It also makes it interesting again because well, then if you're not the best presentation company in the world, then there's there's work to be done and there's there's a job to happen to earn that space. Like, I think we're in the Olympic team, right? I, I think we're the captain of the South African Olympic team. Uh, but are we, and I think that's also another question, is in the Olympics, right now in the Olympic Games of presentation, I would argue that Missing Link would, would get chosen for the team in South Africa every Every time, like it would almost be impossible. Like, and I'm fairly certain that we'd be the captain. We're kind of the older player and the things, and pretty much well known there. There would be other other people on the team. In the world, I'd like to feel that we could, on a good day, get a podium. What would that be for you? Uh, like, who would be on the purpose team currently? Like, would you make the purpose team currently? Do you think? I haven't seen anybody doing it as intentionally as we are. I think there's a lot of people selling the, the Simon Sinek model and I think there's a lot of people um, kind of helping companies figure out what their vision, mission and values is, but I haven't right. seen people kind of putting themselves into this direct box. Out of interest, how do you do that? So weirdly enough, the starting point, because people understand it so easily is we actually do work with Simon Sinek's golden um, thread, but then we think there's a piece missing to that, whereas as a, as a brand, um, as a company, because we work for companies, we don't work for individuals. Mm -hmm. The purpose of the organization needs to translate externally. It needs to it needs to make people care when it goes out there into the world. So, so we then create a, a brand positioning and communication model, which is based off like why should people give a shit about you? Why <laughs> should they? Why should they look at your product, your service, your organization, and actually be like, you know what? I'm actually going to dip in my pocket and break some cash out. So, so the purpose is a great internal motivator that you need to take it into a world outside your organization and go, well, what mark are you going to make in the lives of the people you well, serve? Well, that's what I like. It's not actually, they don't care about your purpose. They care about their purpose. Of course. Right? So it's, it's the idea that why should they care about X, whereas X is what we solve, right? Your purpose needs to solve their pain. It yes. It needs to make their life better. It needs to make their world better. It needs to make their, like some sort of a positive impact in their world. You know, I'm a crack record. I'm a crack record in this, but when we teach people to sell, we always say to them, don't sell the features and benefits of the ambulance. You know, sell the accident. If you yeah. sell the accident, the ambulance sells itself. There has to be a problem. And the line we use is we say, instead of solving a, what is your USP, your unique selling proposition, what is your UPS? What is the unique problem that only you can solve? And it comes down to a few things. First of all, we've got to start with the problem. Do they have a problem? Does Is it a problem? If it's not, well, then it's not that important. Yes. Second of all, is it, going to struggle to sell it. is it unique enough that only you can solve? And I realize, you know what, people can go to their agencies and things 
things, but if you want to have, and if we're dead set focused on just leveling you up and making sure that you activate an audience when you leave, then, then we have this idea of to work towards for us as a purpose. And I guess maybe in kind of closing, maybe this is where we should be wrapping up is a good holiday thought, a good thing to go away and think about is your purpose, your intention. Like, what do I want to be intentional about next year? But actually, my challenge to people would be, um, if, you're, if your business stopped existing next year, like in my mind, your business is not the end. Your business is your means to the end. But we have purpose and goals and intention traps and all of these things for our business, but we've not set them up for ourselves. If your business ceases to exist, if business seeks to exist, AIs do like everything, and you don't need to have a business. It's actually the best news ever. It's like, oh, I don't have a job. Amazing. You, you can still do everything else. AIs have figured it out. What would your purpose be? Like, what would you want to be intentional with? And, and I guess my challenge over the holidays for people is to set some intention traps. To set a few intention traps that are there to catch, like, so that when the opportunity arises, you can say, well, I want to do that. That's something I've told myself I want to do. And the other thing I want to say about that is write it down. Yeah. Like, like if it's not written somewhere, people say to me all the time, oh, I want a good Iceland, it's on my bucket list. And I always say them the same thing. I say, show me. What? Show me your bucket list. Yeah. So um, uh, so this all came out of the GLA for me. So Warren Rustain and George Gang did amazing things. So, so, so my purpose, everything came from the word GLA for me. Yeah. My purpose is about making the world a lighter place. So that's, that's what I want to do. And my tools are laughter, uh, perspective and and inspiration so mm. so that's why this works really well for me but I think it is super interesting to think you know what you've given me is what am I going to be intentional about I'm very intentional in my business what am I going to be intentional about in my relationships and my personal development like what are what am I going to invest in in those those things and I suppose this is the time of year when you're about to go on your holiday to sort of invest some some mind time in, yeah. in think, thinking through that yeah like I, if, to me, if anybody listening to this podcast spends time, comes back and says, I have a clear sense of our business's purpose, what, what our business's purpose is, whether we're doing it or not. And if they, if everybody just committed to, by the time they start work again in January, have 10 intention traps that they've written. And these are things I want to be intentional about achieving in my life and just creating a big intention trap. It's not a bucket list. It's not about travel. It's something else. And create those intention traps. Awesome. Cool. Awesome. Great chatting, brother. And yeah. Really nice. Your legs are beautiful, and you look great in those pants. Yes, we even had a, a guest pop in to have <laughs> yeah. a look at us with our pants off. Yeah, but now we've got to give him his meeting room. <laughs> so, so you've been listening to Radio, a podcast by entrepreneurs for entrepreneurs. Uh, this was also our first ever episode without pants, um, and potentially we're going to do some pants off podcasts. Pants off podcasts. Um, so, so thank you for listening. And if you believe anybody out there would benefit from listening to this, uh, uh, give them the gift and, and pass it on. And if you are a powerful social media influencer, smash us up with a review on whatever whatever thing you're listening on. Uh, it totally helps other people find us. And if you think that you can add to the conversation and come and join us in the studio, and you know. Let's talk about something. You have a, you have an issue that you think would help be a conversation that entrepreneurs should hear. We want to know. Uh, and like we said, this is brought to you by the Entrepreneurs Organization. So if you are an entrepreneur and you're looking for interesting conversations like the one you've just had, um, so most of them do have pants on. Um, yeah. Go to um, what's it? eonetwork.org and you can find out all the information. And we'll catch you next year. Stay, Stay curious. Out.